Our scripture this morning comes from the New Testament, Matthew, chapter 5, verses 1 through 12. I know this is very familiar to all of us. Up the mount. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up the mountain. And after he sat down, his disciples came to him. Then he began to speak and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people revile and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Prayer. Prayer is is very important for Christians. And we go to meetings, we pray. We go to any gathering, somebody's praying. How many of us listen to those prayers? You know, somebody's praying as we open the meeting. How many of us listen to those prayers? I know at the end, we all say amen so that business can start. But how many of us really pay attention to what is being said? I was in a meeting recently, and the chair of the the group, the committee, it was the church council meeting in January. And the chair of the church council for us is Mark Simmons. We all know Mark. And he was giving us the opening prayer And as he prayed, I heard these words. Because as soon as the prayer was over, I wrote them down. Mark said, may we recognize the many blessings we have in our congregation. And then he said other words. But I captured those words. May we, members, visitors, and guests of Church of the Cross, may we recognize the many blessings we have in our congregation. How many of us recognize the many blessings we have? Or do we take blessings from God for granted? Do we take our blessings from God for granted? A story is told of Abraham Lincoln. One day the president 
summoned to the White House, a surgeon in the Army of the Cumberland from the state of Ohio. The major assumed that he was to be commended for exceptional work done. During the conversation, President Lincoln asked the major about his widowed mother. She's doing fine, he responded. How do you know, asked the president. You haven't written your mother, but she has written a letter to me. She thinks that you are dead, and she's asking that a special effort be made to return your dead body back to Ohio. At that, the president said, no, the president placed a pen in the doctor's hand and ordered him to write a letter letting her mother know that he was alive and well. Oh, my friends, the blessings that we take for granted. Oh, the wretchedness of ingratitude. Do we take our blessings from God for granted? Think about it. Do we take our blessings from God for granted? There is a hymn, and it is very familiar, that says, count your many blessings. Name them one by one. And it will surprise you what the Lord has done. As I was driving to church this morning, one of the blessings I was counting is that last year, during the month of January, we closed church for at least two Sundays because of ice and weather. You remember that? So as I was driving this morning, I was counting that as a blessing that we start the month of February, we never close church in January. That's a blessing. I mean, not that we don't need the snow and the ice and the rain. We do. We live in this part of the nation. We do. They mean something to us. But in, in all my years of ministry, I have never canceled a church service until last January. And therefore, I was thanking God as I drove to church this morning. My friends, do you take your blessing for granted? Do you take your blessings for granted? I mean, Virginia was talking about Kathy, our sister, who was in the hospital, Kathy Jenkins. You know, I'd visited Kathy, and uh, um, last week, after church, actually, I went to see her. And we talked, and she, of course, was unhappy that she was going to be in the hospital for another week or two because of scheduling problem. And here I sat in that room talking to Kathy and saying to Kathy, you know, consider it a blessing. And if you know Kathy, she just looked at me as if, you don't know what you're talking about. But I said, consider it a blessing. 
I said, in the first place, you are in the hospital. And by the time I entered the room, she had just finished talking to the insurance company, and the insurance company said, you're fine to stay in the hospital. I said, Kathy, that's a blessing. I said, secondly, if you go home, you are not a priority to the hospital for that moment. But as long as you are in the hospital, you become a priority to them. And on Wednesday morning, I heard that she's having the surgery that afternoon. So after chapel with the kids and the meeting, I said, let me go and pray with her before she goes in. And by the time I got to the hospital, around 11 o'clock or 11.30, Kathy was already in surgery. That's a blessing. And it gave me time to visit with Mike and with Jane, because Jane was there. Count your many blessings. Name them one by one. Perhaps Daniel Defoe gave us some good advice from the fictitious character Robinson Crusoe. The first thing that Crusoe did when he found himself on a deserted island was to make out a list. On one side of the list, he wrote down all his problems. On the other side of the list, he wrote down all of the blessings. On one side, he wrote, I do not have any clothes. On the other side, he wrote, but it's warm, and I don't really need any clothes. On one side, he wrote, all of the provisions were lost. On the other side, he wrote, but there is plenty of fresh fruit and plenty of clean water on the island. And my friends, down the list he went, narrating his problems, but at the same time, counting his blessings. In that fashion, my friends, he discovered that for every negative aspect about his situation, there was a positive aspect, something to be thankful for. Let us stop counting all the negatives, all the bad things that happened to us. Because, my friends, if you go deeper, if you think about it, there are so many blessings bestowed upon us. It is easy to find ourselves on the island of despair. Perhaps it is time that we sit down and take an inventory of blessings. There are some of us here. I well imagine that there are some of us here this morning that are long, long overdue in expressing our thanks to God. Every day, we should find reason to be thankful because it's there. You don't have to look too far to see the blessing that God is giving you. I did say when I was talking about Jane Wise this morning that she is with us, which means she leaves today for Chicago and flies out, out tomorrow, Monday. I consider that a blessing because a few days ago she had written an email that says, my transportation in the Congo 
does not seem possible. So I may have to change my ticket and stay a little longer in the U.S. of A. And seeing that this morning, I know it's a blessing because everything must be all right. Amen? Count your many blessings, my friends. And so today we sit on the hillside with Jesus as he teaches us about God's new world he has just demonstrated. Because Jesus, before the beatitude in Matthew, the fifth chapter, he had healed the sick. He had comforted the suffering, epileptic, um, the mentally disturbed individual. He had cured the epileptic. He had raised the paralytic. Jesus had given persons a glimpse of how life is when God's will is done on earth as it is in heaven. He has done it for the people. And now Jesus is on the hill teaching his disciples and all the people with him. Because in the mind of Jesus, in God's new world, you are blessed. And everyone in you one is included. He tells the people on the hillside, even you, you are blessed, says Jesus. You who view yourselves as cursed, because everyone else does view you as cursed. He says to them, you are God's priority. You are blessed. That blessing isn't yours because you are better than everybody else or because you've earned it. No. You are blessed because God is making promises to you. Promises that will turn your curse into a blessing. All those that people have no respect for, Jesus says to them, you are blessed. All those who are poor in spirit, Jesus says to them, you are blessed. All those who mourn, Jesus says to them, you are blessed. All who are meek, Jesus says to them, you are blessed. Have you ever been blessed by someone, my friends? This is what Jesus is saying to us this morning. Everybody is blessed in the eyes of God. I mean, the categories can go from A to Z, but Jesus says, you are blessed. Put yourself in that, in, 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 in that position. Tell God what you are experiencing in life. And the answer comes back, even you, you are blessed. That's what the beatitude is all about. Everybody is included. No one is excluded in the eyes of God. We are all blessed. Let the church say amen. amen. We are blessed, my friends. And by this I mean, has someone ever stopped, place a hand on you, and declare a blessing on you in some enterprise or undertaking? Has somebody prayed for you and blessed you? I know that in the life of our church, we often pause to lay hands on sisters and brothers who are about to take leave of the community of faith. Sometimes they are living for a mission trip, and we've done that a few times. Sometimes they may be moving away to a new job or new opportunity. Other times, they may just 
need a blessing as they encounter struggles on their earthly journey. And sometimes we just look at them and lay hands on them and bless them. Bless them. Because everyone is blessed in the eyes of God. My friends, do you think that the blessings you have received are yours so that you become a blessing to others? And I think that's one of the reasons why God blesses us, so that we become a blessing to somebody else. Because each blessing we receive from material wealth to children to the gifts and talents we have, each one is given so that we might, in turn, bless others. We have to be a blessing to others. I remember in a congregation I, I once served as pastor, we have a doctor who has been blessed with the gift of healing. This one man, in turn, has taken his blessing and turned it into an annual medical mission to places where he and the team of doctors treat thousands of people over a period of few weeks every year. He got the blessing of a medical training and a good job as a doctor and in turn he has used that blessing to bless others with the gift of healing. I also remember my first few months in another church. The pastor's daughter and her family, husband and kids, stayed in the church. Just like Rachel stayed with us. And Rachel blesses us with her voice. Those of us who were here last week enjoyed, inspired, were inspired by Rachel's gift of singing. And so this couple would come to church one Sunday and then would go to another church that they liked to attend the other Sunday. So they did it for about a month and a half. And then I said to the guy, hey, 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 you guys have to make up your mind to choose one of these two churches that you go to regularly. And he looked at me as if, you, you sound strange. But it's the truth. I mean, I tell people what I know is the truth. And then he says, okay, let me, let, give us some weeks to pray about it. And they prayed about it. And about three weeks later, he came to me and said, we've decided to come to this church regularly. And they started coming, joined the praise team, etc., etc. But the promise made was, say, I go to that other church, which is a smaller church, because they emphasize mission. And twice a year, we have a small group of us that go to Haiti on a mission trip. So I said to him, if that is what God is leading you to bring to this congregation, we're going to do it. And my friends, I talked about it at meetings, I talked about it in the open church, and within 90 days, not long, 90 days, we had a team of our members who want to go to Haiti to know what's going on so that we can start a mission 
with that, with that part of the world and you would not believe the blessing that God gave us. We have so many of our members who were willing to go. They, the other church was going twice a year. Our members decided to go three times a year. Built a church, built a school, connected with other United Methodist churches, one with doctors and nurses. They built a clinic, and that mission still continues today. We are blessed to be a blessing to others. My friends, in, in, in his book, Letting God Bless You, John Killinger concludes with the following. Follow, these are challenges. He says, permit God to bless you. Don't look around and think how hard, how difficult life is. Look around and see how filled with mystery and goodness life is. Give thanks to God for the richness of existence. Then look around to see who you can share that with. That will make you even richer. My friends, this Lord's Day, Sunday, is always a good day. Let us make the critical choice this morning of permitting God to bless us and to fill us with a new sense of hope and purposeful living. Let us make that choice. Allow God to bless you. Allow God to bless us. Let us live in the assurance that the present darkness, the present darkness in, is not our final destination. Because a lot of people think their present worries, their present circumstance, their present darkness is their final destination. But no, my friends, no. Let us make the choice. Let us have this assurance that the present darkness we are facing in life, the present worries we are facing in life, the present torments around us is not our destination. Amen? It is indeed, my friends, my friends, much yet to come. Because when God is with us, it is blessing all the way. It is blessing all the way. So this morning and always, let us remember that we are blessed. Well, of course, there are stumbling blocks, but we are still blessed. Amen? We are still blessed. I remember when I was looking for a house, when I just came here, because since you guys have no personality, the pastor has to look for a home anyway. And we found one, which I think, ah, oh, yeah, it's okay. I told my realtor, let's, let's go for this one, because time was drawing near, you know. And um, I was driving back to Van Wert. I said, you know, I don't particularly like the layout. I don't particularly like the siding. I don't particularly like the fact that I am squeezed in between, but I say, okay, I'll take it anyway, so I went. And you know, it happens a few weeks later that I didn't get the house because the lady did not want to sell 
because the bank appraisal was lower than what she was asking for. And so we started again to look for a house. But not too far from where that house is, is the house we found. The layout was beautiful. The siding, the brick siding was what I wanted. Everything I had hoped for, God gave me. So for me, I keep counting my blessings because I know with God, I am not cursed. I am always blessed. My friends, do you believe you are blessed this morning? Let us pray that with all the problems that we face, let us remember how blessed we are in the eyes of God and in the presence of God's people around us. Blessed are those who believe in God because every moment of the day, no matter what the circumstances of life, they are blessed in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. God's people say, Amen. Amen.